to watch us over the holidays. She says you're our dad and you need to act like it. Christmas with you is gonna suck. You're wrong. This is gonna be your best Christmas ever. Really? Yeah, give me some credit. <laughs> I'll just dump them at my mom's. You know, we can hear thoughts now. Damn it. Everybody and welcome back once again to a special holiday episode of Simpsons is Greater Than. I hope you all have your tree up, you got the lights on the bushes, I hope you're doing all the stuff to make this a special holiday season. As always, I'm your host Warren, better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness. You might just know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, when you're done with this episode or right now, I don't really care. Go check it out whenever you have a chance. Slide over to the Instagram, look me up, look at my stuff, let me know what you think. But as you know from the title of this episode, and as you know from listening to this podcast at all, it is not just me here. I am joined by my main... Man, Brandon Withrow. Brandon, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? Brandon, how you feeling today, man? Get I'm excited. The, I'm in the Christmas spirit. I got my I got my little Christmas cap on. I'm ready to I'm ready to talk Christmas. <laughs> yeah, for those that cannot see Brandon, I I have to make a clip of this because Brandon <laughs> has the most fantastic Santa hat on that I've ever seen. So tell me, Brandon, as we, you know, kick this episode off. I genuinely want to know because we've somehow, you know, we're friends now. We're, we're we're good friends now, but we've never talked about this. What is your normal routine in December? Like how how you said you're in the holiday spirit, but tell me what that looks like. Oh man. I mean, one is just constant gift giving, you know. I love I love giving a gift. I love thinking of a gift. I love buying a gift. Throughout the year I keep a note on my phone of just like gift ideas because you know you never know when you might just see something it's like that's perfect for this person and then i just hold it for a little while you know so that, that's that's always a big part of it i also every year um i kind of talk to you about this a little bit but every year i do like a book that's sort of um uh, photos from the year and also kind of a little bit of writing it's more of just like to put down sort of the story of the life i've been this is my eighth year doing it Man. so it takes me about three weeks to get the book together i usually start I always start too late, <laughs> but I usually start around Thanksgiving, and I just got the the book ordered last weekend, so it should be in any day. So that's an exciting thing too. Um, this, this should surprise no one, and, and I want to <laughs> hear more. But like Brandon, the fact that Brandon keeps a note of gift ideas is the most Brandon thing I've ever heard. That is just the best. Brandon is an angel. If you if you can't tell from listening to this podcast, Brandon, we don't deserve Brandon. Okay, none of you deserve Brandon. I don't deserve Brandon. And he makes a book with special memories from the year. Give me a break. Yeah. yeah. Um, just I, as soon as I stop getting coffee, I, I'm no longer an angel. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't exist without it. Guys. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the greatest thing ever. Um, I'm also 3D printing stuff like crazy, uh, little gift things for people and stuff like that. So that's been kind of fun to fire up the old 3D printer and do that Love whole that. thing. So. Yeah, it's we're in full we're in full Santa mode over here, you know, just making stuff and 
um, getting ready to get on the get on the road and see all of the people that we have to see and do all the the, the fun stuff. And then before you know it, it's going to be 2023. I, I, you know, I think this is, and and this this kind of bleeds into what we're going to talk about in a second. But we, I feel like every year December feels shorter and shorter, especially when Christmas falls on like a a, a Sunday. So it's already, I'm like, yo, Christmas is in two weeks. It's At the crazy. time you guys are hearing this, it's less than two weeks. I mean, we're recording this like a couple days before you're hearing it, but I, I feel like December is so short. So you really got to make the most of it. You got to like, you got to watch all the Christmas stuff. I, the older I get, the more I want my tree to be bigger. I want more stuff in the yard. You know, we got to blow up Santa, blow up Snoopy. You know, we, we, I, I want, I want all the ridiculous Christmas stuff in my house. Do you guys do anything? Like, do you decorate the yard? Oh yeah, well we we decorate the house for sure. Uh, we have a Christmas tree up, which we're like we are full in on the Christmas tree the last few years because before we you know moved here to Kansas City, we were you know living in a van and traveling around, so you don't really have space for a Christmas tree there. And then before that, we both lived in San Francisco in small apartments, and there's no space for a Christmas tree there. So now it's like we go as big as we can because yeah. we have the space to. Though I, I must admit, I have a neighbor across the street and he is like my frenemy arch nemesis <laughs> because he has the most excellent Homer dressed up as Santa blow up that wow. he puts in his front yard every year. He also has a Halloween one and a Valentine's Day one. All all Simpsons. All all of them are Homer. Yeah. Brandon, why is why is he not on the podcast? I mean, I why am I wasting my time with you? <laughs> well, maybe I'm what I can have <laughs> No, I can so go ring this, his doorbell right now. Yeah, see let's get wants. him on. So this might surprise people. Um, I actually, I have a lot, I have a lot of Simpsons Christmas stuff, but nothing in the yard. And the only reason for that is a lot of the the stuff, it, they haven't made anything new in a while. There are a lot of blow up Simpsons things, but a lot of the ones that are out there, they're a little pricey and I almost like don't want to. I almost don't want to pay that for them just to risk like a like a cat walking up and popping him. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. if I buy like a Santa from Target and something happens to him, I can get another one. Uh, so I almost I'm almost like too precious yeah. about the idea of having the Simpsons ones because I'm afraid something would happen to them. But tons of stuff in the house, though. It'd be weird for you to have Simpsons stuff not inside the collection. Right. right. Like you you right. you're a curator of the greatest Simpsons museum in the world. Like you oh, can't have on. something outside of it. <laughs> yeah, come on. I just I so when we decorated for Halloween, ducks would literally come up and, and chew on our decorations. Oh, so yeah, I'm afraid right. they'll you guys mess have all kinds of ducks in your neighborhood. Yeah, so I'm afraid ducks. someone would hurt the Homer. That's all it is. That's, yeah. So no no one judge me for that. I do have a Snoopy though. I mean, come on, Snoopy Snoopy's, Snoopy's great. Snoopy's great. I also do you do Christmas music? You, oh, you absolutely. big into Christmas music. I love Love the uh, the Peanuts soundtrack, Christmas soundtrack. It's uh, so you good. mean Just... by the Vince Guaraldi Trio, one of the greatest jazz Christmas albums of all time? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to start our jazz podcast now? Because and then a lose podcast, everybody, then a, lose then a coffee podcast, then a Jaguars podcast. I mean, what can't we do? <laughs> uh, so another thing that I want to address because we haven't done an episode since the Matt Selman episode, one that I just I, I don't know about you, Brandon, I love. So uh, listening fun. back to so much fun. I want to give a big shout out to Matt for coming through with those goodie bags that he talked about. He sent us some posters, uh, some really cool stuff. So big shout out to Mr. Selman. Uh, he will be back on the podcast. Safe to say for, for Jaguar talk. Yeah. For Jaguar talk, but we haven't done an episode since then. And the main reason for that, or the main reason is I've been out of town. I took a little bit of a anniversary trip 
10 years with my wife, Emily. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I was, you know, I was going to be a little more, I intended to say, hey guys, no new episodes coming soon because I'm going to be out of town. I just sort of got swept up in everything and forgot to really mention it. But everyone that listens understands. They know that I cannot keep a schedule, but I'm not the only person who took a trip. Brandon also took a trip. And, and how was that, Brandon? Brandon went to L.A. for a week. It was really cool. Um, well, it ended up being a, from a week-long trip to a two-day trip because of some airline mishaps. Don't ever fly. I, I don't do endorsements. I'm going to do the opposite of an endorsement. I do not endorse Spirit Airlines. Don't ever fly no. Spirit. Don't do it, anybody. If, you, if, if you're listening and you work for Spirit, I'm sorry. Find a new job. <laughs> so, but I went to L.A., um, it ended up being a two-day trip. I was going out there. Uh, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast too much, but I work for a small indie game developing company. Um, uh, we're working on a game right now. I've worked there for like two years. I used to be a contractor. And now I'm a full-time employee. Wow. And it was my first time, actually, I'm fully remote. It was my first time meeting the people I work with, <laughs> um, all of them. Uh, I'd never and you seen, hated all of them, right? I, oh man, I'm, I'm also looking for a new job now. So if you're <laughs> listening and you don't work for Spirit Airlines, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, you know, it's nice to put faces to Slack handles because it's also like many of these people I've never even seen their face because we usually right. only do audio um, meetings and stuff like that because we're all over the time zones. But I had a really funny one. We when I first was meeting everybody, this guy named Tom that I work with comes over. Um, and he's a he's a British guy. And he came over and he said, hey, I want to talk to you about the podcast that you're on. And I was like, what? And he was like, I love it. It's one of my favorite things. So no way. Uh, if you're listening, Tom, hello. Wow, and hello, Tom. Shout out to Tom. He also has an encyclopedic knowledge of The Simpsons. Uh, wow. th- one of those throwing a, throwing a little reference out every chance he can, which I relate to. Um, wow. So that was cool. It was cool meeting the people I work with and seeing a few friends and then hopped on an airplane, came straight back home. It was, wow. It was quick. Yeah. So, sounds like a great trip. And again, big shout out to Tom. I mean, yeah. so I, I don't, I haven't done a ton of traveling since COVID and so especially not for like two weeks, but um, it was really special to sort of, you know, I met a lot of Simpsons friends, um, you know, so I, I went to London and Paris for those that didn't see my posts on Instagram and I met up it with some like such a fun trip. It was amazing. I met up with some friends from the from from Instagram, from all you know, all over people that I've worked with, people I've had on the show, um, and it was just an all around blast. So uh, I will highly endorse to anyone listening. If you've never been to London, go London. London amazing. is now like one of my favorite places that I've ever been. Uh, I'm looking for any excuse to go back. So if anyone has an excuse for me to come back, and you're listening from London, please let me know. Uh, Paris was also great. Um, can't say that I loved it as much as I loved London, uh, but just an all-around fantastic trip. It's it's pretty wild going on like a two-week trip like you did, too. I mean, it's one of those. I've done a few of those, and I always feel like when I come back, I'm like, there's so many memories and so many things that I'm excited to like share with other people that when they ask me about the trip, it like all comes to my brain at once. And I feel like all I can do is just be like compressed it into a single sound. It's like, ah, and that's the trip. <laughs> I mean, so even in my notes, I was fully prepared to like discuss the trip and I can't it could be even, a podcast in itself. I can't put it into words. Like I did so much fun stuff. I had such a great time. I can't even like, I can't lay out how much fun I had in a couple paragraphs. I just can't do it. So fantastic trip. Sounds like Brandon had a nice little work trip. So that again, that's kind of why the podcast hasn't really, that's why it took us a while to get a Christmas episode up. But here we are. Here we are. 
And secondly, and this is important, Brandon, this is, this is big. So really pay attention right here, everybody. <laughs> this coming Saturday, December the 17th at seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we are recording a podcast episode live on Instagram that will hit the feed next week. So if you want to see the episode as it happens, you can, you can watch it on Instagram. I don't know yet if I'm going to let it stay on the feed. So it might only be one of those things where you can only watch it while we're recording it. And then you'll just have to listen the following week. You know, we'll see what happens with that. But what I need you to all do is go to the Bard of Darkness Instagram right now. You're going to see a post about that live where I want to know a couple of things. I want to know your favorite Christmas episode of The Simpsons. And I need you to tell me why it's your favorite. And I also want to know what you think the most underrated Christmas episode of The Simpsons is and why. And we're going to read and discuss those live. You can chime in with more if you want after we read your answer. But I need you to submit those answers now so we can talk about it. Maybe your most underrated is the one we're about to talk about. Who can say? But I need to know. So go do that right now. Pause the episode and let me know what you think so we can talk about it this Saturday. Brandon, it's going to be a blast. I I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. All right. So let's kick off this special Christmas episode. I know I'm excited. Brandon, are you excited? Oh, man. I'm so excited. All right. I got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Uh, We're going to talk about what I consider one of the most underrated episodes. Again, don't know if it's my answer yet, but one of the most underrated, and that is Holidays of Future Past. It was the ninth episode of season 23. It aired on December 11th, 2011, which is kind of hard to say. It was written by J. Stuart Burns and directed by the wonderful Rob Oliver, who has been on this podcast, both of whom have worked on a lot of great episodes. J. Stuart Burns also wrote for Futurama. He's done a lot of great stuff. Um, was this your first time watching this, Brandon? What did you think? Oh, it was my first time. And it was, um, I actually really, really love this episode. I. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it my new title, Modern Classic. It's oh, so good, so funny. There's so many like blink and you miss some jokes. And also, I feel like this episode, because of, don't want to let the cat out of the bag too soon, but because of the sort of time future thing, um, has so many Simpsons did it predictions. I don't know if you get on that subreddit. There's a subreddit Simpsons did it. And it's nothing but people calling out things that Simpsons called correctly, like, <laughs> you know, over the they years. Hit, they, they hit a lot of bullseyes. They, they did. did. And this this episode could fuel it for 20 years. There's so many great predictions. And actually, I've taken note of as many as I could catch throughout the episode. I'm going to be bringing them up as we go through the episode. Oh, I love uh, that. Simpsons did it. Predictions are coming. I love that. Coming your way. And, and that's another reason that I really like adding Brandon to this podcast, because Make no mistake, Brendan's a huge Simpsons fan, but also, like a lot of people, there's just a lot of episodes he hasn't seen. It's so it's awesome for me to to have this, you know, to have the ability to make a recommendation and do an episode about it, and it be something that I really love, an episode that I really, really like that maybe Brandon hasn't seen when we're talking about a more modern one, uh, which I guess at this point it's over 10 years old, but still yeah. it's a modern episode. Uh, so it's really cool to sort of have different perspectives. I think that's why this works so well. Yeah, it's great. It's also nice for me because there's so many I haven't seen that it's almost overwhelming. Like, do I just start back at where I left off and watch through? Or do I get some really great recommendations from somebody that knows The Simpsons, you know? Absolutely. I like how I just said, and that's why this podcast is great. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, that's what Tom said. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so some facts about this one uh, that I found online in a 2013 interview with former writer Conan O'Brien, ever heard of him? Uh, showrunner Al Jean stated that this episode was intended to serve as a series finale in the case that negotiations earlier in that year forced the show to end for some reason. So they looked at this premise and this script as a possible finale for the whole show, which I think is a really interesting detail and would honestly, it would work. It's kind of an interesting capstone because the Simpsons starts with the holidays and like end, end it in the same way. That's really, it's, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. So this would have been a cool, I, I, I'm sure the script would have changed a little bit had that actually been the case. But the fact that they looked at it as a potential finale, I think, is is really cool. Um, so there have been more since, but it's also interesting to note that at the time, this was only the fourth episode the show had ever done to be set in the future. So they had gotten all the way to season 23 uh, and had only done three episodes before this that were set in the future. Those were, of course, Lisa's Wedding in 95, Bart to the Future in 2000 and future drama in 2005. Now, like I said, they've done more since then and some really cool ones, but I like that this was still like a very, you know, they hadn't done a lot of stuff in this space. And I think that makes it also really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it could be seen as like a rehash of Lisa's wedding, but it's totally not. It's fresh. And it kind of goes back to what Matt Selman was saying when we interviewed him, where it's like, it's okay to do the same type of story twice if right. there is still you know, new stuff to do. Like you don't just do one heist episode. There's multiple heist episodes because there's, there's all kinds of really interesting heist movies, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's really interesting and it's kind of cool that it, it does tie back into that conversation we had with Matt Selman. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I, I just love this episode. Like I, I, I don't know if I stressed that before Brandon gave his thoughts, but this is like not only one of my favorite Christmas episodes, I do think it is one of my favorite episodes, especially in the last like 10 to 15 years. It's a, it's an absolute great episode. It's so good. Now, another fact that I find interesting, and I don't know who, I'm sure some of you have seen this, but maybe not in the scene where one of Maggie's bandmates changes the robot's face to the football match, as he calls it, the, the football match, the voice yelling goal is actually none other than Matt Groening. I had no idea. That's so good. So that's a cool little detail. You get a little Matt, little Matt Groening vocal, uh, I guess it's not a cameo, but whatever you want to call it, a little vocal guest spot. Yeah. Um, right out the gate, not even at just the beginning of the actual story, but at the beginning of the credits, I love everything about it. You get Kang or Kodos, not really sure which one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Kang, uh, riding across the screen dressed as Santa. And then we also get one of my favorite couch gags ever. Uh, the family has gingerbread cookies. Homer takes a bite out of his arm. It's just great. Yeah, Homer eating himself again. This is becoming a thing. <laughs> Definitely becoming a thing. And this predates that. Yeah, it's great. I also want to call out a couple of little freeze frames in the uh, opening credits. There is a three-eyed crow on top of the Lard Lad Donut, which is great. Because it's like so far in the future that the power plant has turned everything into a three-eyed animal, which is pretty good. I also really liked the billboard that says Bah Humbug and Happy Hanukkah from the Christmas Ignorers United. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Ignorers United. We also, we get the TV, like when we get the actual created by the, the, the classic shot of the television right before the episode starts. It's You got Christmas decorations all over it. Uh, and this one just really, you know, I love that the intro 
hammers home like, no, this is Christmas before you even really get the episode started. And that that's a really great detail that I love. Yeah, that's great. So the episode starts right at the end of Thanksgiving dinner with Marge immediately shifting gears to Christmas time and forcing everyone to get ready for Christmas card photos. Brandon, how quickly do you shift gears? Like, is this, is this pretty accurate for you? I know it is for me. The moment I'm done, I'm ready for Christmas. Oh, absolutely. Like growing up, it was the day after Thanksgiving was when we put the Christmas tree up. The next day it all, all begins. Um, and it, it does feel like, well, I mean, this year, you know, Black Friday is the day after, but this year for the, I think that this year was the first year Black Friday. I was getting, there was like a, a, a ghost Black Friday, like two weeks before Thanksgiving. So <laughs> I, my joke this year was like, it's earlier and earlier every year that we say it's earlier and earlier every year. <laughs> yeah, eventually it's going to be the day after Halloween for me. I'm just going to yeah, be throwing the tree up seriously, like right away. Seriously. I mean, Thanksgiving's like the worst holiday. Let's just be honest. Yeah. So. Yeah. We could skip it. It'd be fine. It's nice having that little four-day weekend built in right before the holidays. But well, yeah. like I said on our trip, we were in we were in London, so Thanksgiving's not a thing there, obviously. So we didn't even it, we kind of forgot. Like I was I was in Paris on Thanksgiving. I was at the Louvre That's on pa- on Thanksgiving, um, and so I, it's the first year in a long time that I didn't even have to think about Thanksgiving. I was straight Christmas mode the moment I got home. So. Uh, that I think I feel Marge in the scene more than ever because I'm so ready every year. I love when Thanksgiving falls earlier in November. So it's just like, oh, extra Christmas bonus yeah. Christmas. I also, I love Marge hitting the plate with the drumstick, <laughs> like a gong. It's that's it. She takes the sweater off and she's wearing a Christmas sweater underneath. It's the best. It's, it's so good. And there's a lot of visual stuff in this, which is why I didn't make a clip, but I love Everyone gets to the couch. They're getting ready for the photos. They're all very full. They don't want to worry about these photos. And I love the line from Bart where he says, who cares what we look like in whatever stupid year this is? (laughs) Furthering this whole thing about how the Simpsons don't exist in a certain time. So that's just a great little detail. The photo montage is so, so great. Did um, Growing up, did you guys do family photos? So what we normally did, we didn't normally do like Christmas card photos. We always did on Christmas. like. It was a big thing when I was a little kid that a lot of my aunts and uncles, they would sort of like make these, like they would like make these sweatshirts. They would make these crew neck sweatshirts with like a wreath on them or a Christmas tree. You know, they'd get like the materials and the little beads and everything. And they would take like a photo at the end of Christmas with someone holding up like a year or the year might be on the shirt or something. And that was sort of a tradition that went on for quite a while. But the, the Christmas card photo photo it's just not something I really did growing up, but I, I don't know why, to be honest. Yeah, we didn't really do the Christmas photo. We would do the family photos where we all went to Sears and sat in the backdrop and did like the double exposure face thing. And that was oh, yeah. more uh, more along the lines of um, another great uh, Christmas episode. Um, uh, you mean the greatest episode of The Simpsons, Marge, Be episode, Not Proud? That episode's so, so good. <laughs> but we're not talking about that episode. We're talking about this one. <laughs> Don't think I didn't consider it, everybody. I almost was like, you know what? <laughs> so I also love this whole photo montage because I, I think it's a very clever way to sort of move us into the future. Like whoever came up with that transition, because, you know, we're just normal Simpsons. We're taking photos. And the photos just walk you right up to the door of the, you know, current reality of this episode. And I, I think that's really great. That's like a, a perfect device to get us there. 
Yeah, it's so good. And you know me, I love my freeze frames. I love those jokes that you have to pause to see. So of course I went through and I paused in every photo. Um, and there's, it would, it would be another hour just explaining everything that is, there's so many things buried, but I got, I'd made some notes on a few that were pretty good. Um, in high school, Bart or Lisa has a goth phase and Bart has a preppy phase at the same time. Those two, they're almost like two waves that are zigging and zagging <laughs> away from each other. It's pretty great. They also, um, uh, Bart was dressed as Guy Fox and Lisa is Sailor Moon, I think it was. Um, I'm not a huge Sailor Moon person, but it, it seemed to be Sailor Moon. I, I believe you're correct. Now I'm drawing a blank on the photo, but I think you're correct. Yep. And then there's also uh, Bart was a greaser and Lisa was an, like kind of a um, a Diane Keaton, Annie Hall sort of thing, which is pretty good. The couch gets shabbier and shabbier as the years go on. And then at one point they replaced both the couch and the sailboat painting behind them Mm -hmm. um and it becomes a spaceship um and then another one my first prediction first simpsons did it uh when maggie becomes a famous musician they have a tour poster and the tour poster says the tour dates are earth venus mars jupiter and saturn so interplanetary travel and also interplanetary concerts which i imagine Mm. would be pretty cool (laughs) <laughs> um yeah so that's it's this is kind of the big ones that i saw along the way and then i love the like homer and marge empty nester traveling oh my god postcards. that's my yeah the homer and marge taking vacations just flat out adorable i dare really anyone is. listening to this to tell me that's not adorable and also the the christmas photos are great because we see that lisa you know she she tried some stuff she dated some some women like i i like that this just gives more depth to all of them in about 30 seconds. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's yeah. so good. I, I think it's so good. So then we arrive in the future or current day, and we see that Bart is living in Springfield Elementary, which is now an apartment complex ran by Skinner. A lot to unpack there. We could do a whole episode about that. Uh, and we get a glimpse into Bart's life post-divorce. You're two weeks late on the rent, Bart. Not to mention that geography report from 30 years ago. Don't worry. I got some buyers coming over to look at my good kidney. They grow back, right? Just get me that rent or you'll be expelled. You mean evicted? Mm Mm-hmm. Transporter engaged. Now what? Mom, don't make us go to Dad's. It smells like dog, but there's no dog. You know, I can hear everything you say during crossfades. What are you doing here? Mom says you have to watch us over the holidays. She says you're our dad and you need to act like it. Christmas with you is gonna suck. You're wrong. This is gonna be your best Christmas ever. Really? Yeah, give me some credit. (laughs) I'll just dump them at my mom's. You know, we can hear thoughts now. Damn it. There's so many great jokes in this scene, Brandon, that I, I honestly don't... I had a hard time even noting some of them because it's just it's a perfect way to start it's so good and like you said there's a lot to unpack with skinner 
going from the principal to his landlord. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact that he just cannot leave the school, that he stays there even when it's no longer a school. Yeah. Both of them. <laughs> both of them. It's almost like they need each other. You or know? he bought the school. I think that's <laughs> even weirder. He literally, so he bought the school and started renting out the rooms as apartments. Yeah. I wonder who's renting the other rooms. You know, I feel like, I feel like Ralph has got to live there somewhere in the second the second grade classroom <laughs> yeah one of the ralphs which is something we'll talk about later one yeah, of the clones yeah. has got to live there at least yeah. and um, speaking of we got a few predictions in this first scene simpsons well, we did it uh holographs which which is a classic sci-fi future prediction we also have teleportation and um bart's sons say we can hear thoughts now so apparently we're able to hear each other's <laughs> thoughts in the future <laughs> <laughs> I yeah the, I love all of that I love that itchy and scratchy is still on but it has like this like updated sort of whimsical intro which I don't really understand the point of that because it still seems like it's very violent Bart's also yeah. kind of bored of it yeah um, <laughs> I love the design of Bart's kids like they don't have the same spikes which is such a fantastic little detail I, I love the way they talk. I love their their the, the style that they have going on but I, the the fact that their spikes are different. Just a great little detail. Bart's two sons are amazing. They're super yeah. charming. They're also like a little rambunctious. So there is some of Bart in them, but they're crazy smart like Lisa. It's almost like, well, maybe the Simpsons gene hasn't got them yet. They haven't gone right. through the slow dumbing process that, that begins right around third grade. So. <laughs> right. And and this is, I got to say, at least for me, I, I think I'm probably speaking for all of us. This is basically the future that we expected for Bart, right? This is like kind of what he even thought his life would be like. He he sort of thought it was cool in yeah. a way to just like be, you know, a loser. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not too far <laughs> off from the, um, the Bart, Bart of the future episode, you know, where he's kind of a deadbeat in that one too. He's just a different kind of deadbeat in this one. At least he had some kids this time. around. Right. <laughs> I, I would, you know, maybe I'm in, in the minority here. I don't know, but I would watch an entire season set in this reality. Like I would love to see more of this, which is kind of why I think they dip into the future. They don't all kind of fit together like a puzzle, but the assumption or, you know, what, what we're supposed to take from this is that this is after, um, you know, Bart of the future. So this is like later on. Uh, and so I'm assuming Lisa had, had been president in this time. I guess we don't know <laughs> that, but like all of that is also really interesting to think about. She does have a very nice house. So maybe, yeah, maybe. So up next, we get a look at Lisa. So we've seen what happened to Bart. Now we're looking at Lisa, who ended up with Milhouse somehow, uh, and their daughter, Zia, who reminds her more of Bart than herself. Lisa, I'm afraid my seasonal allergies are kicking in. Oh, you poor thing. This is a tough time of year for someone who's allergic to holly, mistletoe, the red part of candy canes. I can't believe we put a man on the sun, but we can't stop by sneezing. Hi, Zia. How did you do on your math test? Gee, I'm fine, Mom. Thanks for asking. I'm going online. (sighs) How did my daughter turn into my brother? Don't blame me. When we had her, they used only the best genetic material which meant none of mine. You parked the car. That helped. I guess. 
Maybe my mom would have some ideas. Why don't you take Zia to your parents for Christmas while I nurse my allergies in one of the non-Christmas celebrating states? You could go back to Michigan. It's still under Sharia law. Yeah, but they always make me wear a veil. So uh, this scene's got a couple of Simpsons did it predictions. Um, it, it also a little bit of a freeze frame. Zia has a tattoo that animates. Her tattoo is con- through the whole scene. It's moving. It, it's like the biohazard sign, and then it turns to a peace sign. Yeah, I always forget that. I'm, I'm saying whoa, like I didn't see it, but I always forget that that little it's, it's a very <laughs> very subtle. It's almost like a. It feels almost like a Futurama joke. Um, a little bit, but you which know. makes sense. Jay Stewart Burns wrote for both. There we go. And then um, there's also a uh, mention of gene selection for children. Milhouse says, you know, <laughs> we gave her all of your genes, which I guess that's a Simpsons did a prediction, but that's one that's getting close to being reality. There are some yeah. of those things already happening. Um, and then, then the, the, the third and final one is that Zia plugs herself into the Internet. Um, which is also one that if you haven't been paying attention to the news, Neuralink. That guy, Elon Musk's company, Neuralink, is uh, trying to make this a thing. And they were just in some hot water because they you, killed you a said, bunch of monkeys. You said Elon Musk? I, yeah. I don't not, know. not familiar with him. Who is that? <laughs> some bozo. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not, not, not too familiar. I, I don't think I'm going to do any Googling about him at all. Yeah, please don't. But if yeah. you do, you'll see that they just killed a bunch of monkeys with Neuralink. Wow. Which is not um, good, you know, so. you know, I have absolutely no love for that at all. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, yeah, those are all the all the predictions, though. In this, love one. that. So, what I will say uh, is that I do not like that Lisa ends up with Millhouse. I've said this before. I know for a fact that even Yardley herself is like, no, absolutely not. This is not who Lisa would end up with. She would not give in to Millhouse. Yeah. Uh, you know, after all this time, so I mean. It, it works for the story, and he also has, like, nothing to do with the episodes. So I guess it's, like, and it does open up some good jokes with Nelson and things like that, which we'll we'll talk about. But I just, I want more for Lisa. And if, if she's happy and if Milhouse and her are happy, that's cool. I just, I think she deserves better. <laughs> Milhouse Absolutely. is not, Milhouse does not deserve her. Uh, now, I do love that Milhouse is still pathetic. Uh, <laughs> just can't. You know, cannot get a W at all. His life just sucks. Uh, well, I guess he got Lisa, but everything else sucks. I love the idea that they put a man on the sun. I think that's such a great <laughs> joke. He's like, we put a man on the sun, but we still can't do anything about my allergies. Um, and I think that the design of future Lisa is great. And so is their kitchen. Yeah, it's really, really good. I also really loved the man on the sun jokes. It's a classic, like we put a man on the moon, but you can't do X as if those two things are related at all. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I I just I think Lisa's got, you know, she's got a nice little style going on. She does look very like I used to be president in the scene. So maybe there's something she does. She does. I really love the way they do like older Lisa's hair. You know, it's it's, it's still spiky, but kind of blown back a little bit. It's nice. It's really nice. That's a great that's a great design detail. Yeah, I also like meeting Zia. And, you know, we also just recently met Bart's kids. And there's this like this really great commentary, which is the thing that seems to be true where personality traits and stuff and through families and generations kind of skip a generation. And that's, that's something this episode comes back to all over the place. They really play with this idea of like family identity and the way that these things get, it's it's kind of funny that Lisa more or less ended up with a Bart as a child (laughs) and Bart ended up with two Lisa's as a child, which is just 
classic. It's so, so good. I love it. it. It's so good. And it's another thing for them to sort of like relate over. And, and and that's something else we'll talk about. One of my favorite scenes between them ever is in this episode later on. Um, so I'm going to let this next clip go a little long uh, because we get our explanation for Maggie still not being able to talk in this episode, followed by that Matt Groening goal that we discussed earlier. And then we hear Marge and Homer learn that everyone is coming home for Christmas. Everything looks great, Maggie, but until this baby comes, I don't want you to make a sound. But she's our lead singer, mate. I'm sorry, but recent research has shown that the umbilical cord is also a vocal cord. Now, can you tell me who the father is? Mmm, we will not. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to watch the football match. I see you are reading a children's book, yet your profile indicates you are a mature adult. Is there an error? Shut up. Oh, Marge, how would you like some future sex? Why do you say future? This is now. I meant a week from tomorrow. That's when the new penis gets here. I just got a message from Maggie in my brain. Ooh, a B-mail. She's coming home for Christmas. And Bart's bringing the boys. And Lisa's coming with Zia. For once, the whole family's going to be here for the holidays. Hey, I got a B-mail, too. You have won a valuable prize. Open now. Don't open it, homie. It's a virus. Too late. I... <laughs> so we have a couple of Simpsons did it predictions here. Um, one, Medbots. Classic sci-fi stuff there. And then uh, <laughs> this one I don't think will ever happen is that umbilical cords are also connected to the vocal cord, which is why, <laughs> why she can't talk. I don't think that one's going to happen, but I could be wrong. Uh, we also have yeah. a couple of great freeze frames when they cut to, cut to London. It's now the St. Beatles Cathedral, which I really loved. The, yeah. uh, <laughs> the, the sort of, the, the title at the top of the cathedral says, and in the end, the love you make, or the love you take is equal to the love you make, which is my favorite Beatles line. And if they did have a cathedral, that would be pretty great up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if there's any Doctor Who fans out there, there was some uh, TARDIS in the street going yeah. around. And then the Benny Hilton Hotel was <laughs> wonderful. I love a good Benny Hill joke. You can't beat that. That that song lives in everyone's brain when certain things happen. That's just a, it's just a staple. Yeah. Um. I mean, so there's a few things here. I always crack up about Homer uh, getting roasted about his reading choice. Like the fact that the whatever mechanism is letting him read this book is like you realize that this is for children. You know. <laughs> and yeah. Just like, Shut up. You know. Um. And of course, Homer of all people is the person who would open the virus. B mail. I also think B mail just sounds very funny. Yeah, that's such a great joke. That was also some predictions in that scene. We have B mail, um, Homer getting a virus from the B mail, and then a mail order penis was also <laughs> in there. <laughs> oh, the future sex joke is so good. He's like, that's so, when the new penis gets here. Yeah, yeah. You um, want to have some future sex? <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? It's right now. <laughs> <laughs> so just great stuff here. I, You know, Sure. When it comes to the Maggie not being able to talk thing, you could roll your eyes at that. But I think it's funny that it's like, no, 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 you can't hear her talk. And we have a good explanation for that. Even if it's not that great of an explanation, I that actually makes like it funny that to me. I like that it's more absurd. Like a good explanation, because they've, they've, been, they've been teasing this joke on for so long that like having a good explanation 
actually would be disappointing at this point. It needs to yeah. be the most absurd. <laughs> totally agree. And that and this is another thing I will say because sometimes when we do these deep dive episodes, there's a lot more to discuss. With this one, so much stuff happens. There are so many stories happening all at once that it almost is hard to stay on one scene for too long. There's so many things just goes and goes that happen in this episode. It it moves very, very quickly. Um so up next, Bart and Lisa arrive home for the holidays, and we get more of a glimpse into Bart's relationship with his kids and his ex, followed by one of my favorite jokes of the episode from Ned and Maud. Oh, man, I can't believe they still haven't figured out a way to detangle Christmas lights. Mom's boyfriend is good at detangling them. Well, maybe Mom should marry him. She did. We weren't supposed to tell you. Your mother remarried? Ugh. Ooh. Hey, Grandpa, are you going to build a snowman? No, I just like to dress up to eat my carrots and smoke. Dad, can you take the boys out for a while? I don't feel so good. Thanks for spending so much time with us, Dad. Who wants to go to the park and ride the merry-go-nowhere? I do, I do! I can't believe she got married, and I have no one. It's so hard to find somebody new. Sure is. That's why after Homer accidentally killed Edna, I married Maud's ghost. There is no God, Nettie. It's just an empty, meaningless void. Isn't <laughs> she pretty? So my heart sort of breaks for Bart here. And I know you could say, you know, I'm sure a lot of the things that happened to Bart are his fault. Or you could say, you know, he didn't have the best role model in Homer. So maybe that led to some of his mistakes. Maybe Bart looked up to the wrong people. But I still feel bad for him because clearly he wants... A family, he wants a family life that he does not have. He wants a better relationship with his kids. He wants them to look up to him. He doesn't want to be a disappointment to them. So we're seeing like, you know, a lot more legitimate, realistic concern from Bart here than I feel like we normally see in, you know, his childhood life. Yeah, I think they really thoughtfully aged everybody in this episode. Um, they, They did a really great job of like maintaining sort of their core personality, but like allowing them to be softened by time, you know, it's like time kind of slowly erodes away all the stuff that isn't you leaving you. And I really love every one of the characters is really thoughtfully aged. Um, they're not exactly the same. They're softer in some ways. It's really great. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, a few other things here that I that I have to note is I hate untangling Christmas lights, Brandon. It is one thing that will send me into a blind rage uh, is untangling Christmas lights. In fact, this year, I was trying to go through all the lights to make sure these work and those work and these match and these do that. And I'm sitting there trying to untangle them and the slight bit of, you know, my wife going, oh, well, here, why don't you do this? I'm like, just let me do it, please. I just get so, (laughs) so mad when I'm trying to untangle lights. So Great joke. You know, you would think in the future they would fix that. Super, super funny. You can put Um, a man on the sun, but we can't make lights that you can't untangle. (laughs) Yeah. In the same reality, not only can they not cure Millhouse's allergies, but they can put a man on the sun, but they also can't untangle lights. What a joke. Um, I love the design on older Ned. I think he looks absolutely fantastic. I also love that. He's got, he's got a little silver Fox thing going. It's really great. Yeah. Ned looks great. And we learn that Homer apparently accidentally killed Edna also, (laughs) which for those who don't know is who Ned dates for a while 
in some of these later seasons. So that, that also, not only did he kill Maude, but he killed Edna. But I'm happy for Ned that he's able to marry Maude's ghost. Yeah, and that joke is just is so good. The way Oh my god. It's, <laughs> it's, so it's an funny. empty, meaningless void. What a what an amazing joke. And he just kind of blinks at it. Doesn't still whatever. It, isn't she pretty? <laughs> isn't she pretty? <laughs> what sort of predictions you got here, Brandon? Oh, uh, just just the one, and that's that we're apparently able to bring back the ghost of loved ones and marry them. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Mob was looking good. You gotta think Homer's into that as well. Another detail, you know, we're talking about how Ned looks that I that I sort of meant to mention earlier. I love the subtle details in these older characters, like Homer and Marge. Like Homer, the little M's on the side of his head that are his hair are gray. Oh yeah, like just these that. little details. Like Marge's hair is a little more blue, like you know, like a gray blue sort of thing. Just all these little things, which is another thing about Rob and his team that they just really pay attention to that sort of detail. It's a reason that I always praise Rob. You know, when we were talking to Matt Selman about this year's Treehouse of Horror, uh, Rob Oliver directed that as well. So I think you can sort of see that care and attention to detail, um, not only in a current episode, but even, you know, 12 years ago or whatever, when they made this one, uh, just something that you'll always see from most of the directors on the show, obviously, but Rob really has something special when he works on something. Yeah, it's great. I also really love the, it's a little detailed, but Homer's sober now. Yeah. Which is kind of uh, kind of an interesting thing. And I loved the joke. Uh, I'd smash them all for one lousy beer. <laughs> <laughs> this episode does seem to imply that Homer really worked on himself. Yeah. And that's a detail that I think might be easy to gloss over if you're just looking for a normal Simpsons episode. But the implication is that he loved Marge enough and himself enough to give up the thing that always made him a disaster. And we see a version of Homer in this episode that honestly makes no mistakes. Yeah. Homer is on the right side of everything this entire episode. And it's almost so well woven into the episode that it's easy to miss. But he really is just like, he's he's batting a thousand in this thing. Yeah. And it, it, I think it's a testament to the way they gracefully aged everyone that you could miss that because he does seem like Homer. It doesn't seem like they rewrote the character. It seems like a natural progression that he got into his older age and started to care about some things and make some little changes in his life. But he's still, he's still Homer. He's still a, he's still a bit of a numbskull, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's still opening the virus B-mail, but he yeah. clearly <laughs> him and Marge are very happy. They're traveling okay. the world. Uh, it's just, it's just great. You know, I, this, th this is why. Yeah. This is why I chose this episode. It's so good. So then we see the start of Maggie's journey home, but she's not able to teleport due to being pregnant and is forced to fly by plane, which is apparently turned into some wild Mad Max type thing <laughs> where they serve dog food and suicide pills, which is like a really dark joke. <laughs> um, and also two predictions. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Also two predictions. The guy wants the whole can of dog food. Uh, Brandon, I would do anything for a teleportation to be real. And I, I know up top, we mentioned that we both took trips. I hate flying anywhere that takes longer than two hours. Um, I would do almost anything within reason to be able to teleport. I would travel the world. Yo, me too. Actually, I, so I, you know, I mentioned at the top that I had a little bit of a weird thing with spirit. Um, what ended up happening was we were trying to fly to LA 
My flight got canceled, canceled. I ended up in this weird place. We spent seven hours at the airport near our house and then ended up not going anywhere. Came back home that night. Then the next day I went back to the airport, got on a, finally an airplane through Southwest and <laughs> flew to LA. And on that flight, I was watching this episode. So when it got to this gag of flying being a Mad Max sort of experience, I started laughing like a maniac on the airplane. People were looking <laughs> at me. It was, it was, it was so cathartic. To see that after the experience I just had, it, it, it made it all better. Again, yeah. Simpsons just making life better. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I find it so funny that seemingly all aircraft has been taken over by people that are just like risk takers that are always like, <laughs> they're just ready to die at any moment. Like these guys, <laughs> they, they are just looking for adrenaline. Like they are seemingly prepared to have their life cut short at any given time. It's like it's such a rush for them. I mean, he's riding the plane like a like an animal. He's yeah. like on top of it. <laughs> it's so good. It's I also I'm a huge Mad Max fan, so anything that's Mad Max related really tickles my fancy. I also love the joke: if you're seated in an exit row, please hold the door shut for the duration of the flight. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's, so it's it's one of those things where um, you know, and I said that I hate flying anywhere that takes longer than two hours, and the reason for that is. I feel like planes get more and more uncomfortable the older I get. I feel like they just try to cram more rows of seats into them. My entire flight to and from London, which was about nine hours, um, I feel like I had no leg room, barely any elbow room. Um, I could not sleep hardly at all, like until my body just made me. Um, I had such a hard time falling asleep. So I just don't enjoy that. And I yeah. will say this, when I fly anywhere now, and I walk through first class, the moment I get off the plane and walk back through first class, I'm like, I don't remember how much more this is, but I guarantee it's worth every penny. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a like, walk of shame, too. You have to like go yeah. through first class to get off the plane. I mean, I'm I'm considering biting the bullet once or twice on a long – because it it has to be 10 times the experience to just have your own seat. You could probably sleep like a baby. I mean, that's just – Flying for me gets more and more annoying um, the older I get, especially when it's a long flight. I can handle yeah. a short flight. I don't need to be that comfortable. But those planes tend to be more comfortable for the short flights. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. On the uh, on the south uh, southwest, if nobody's flown southwest, they don't have assigned seats. So this really adds to the Mad Max of it all. It, Whoa! Like, yeah, you should the. Go to, like, if you're at an airport, find the Southwest Terminal and go to one of the gates right as they're about to board and look on everyone's face. Because they know it's about to be pandemonium the moment it they It hasn't let it always been like that, has it? It's a recent thing, yeah. Okay. No, no assigned seats. So, wow. And there's no first class either. So you could get the front front row if you got the wow. fight in you. If you're, if you're Mad Max enough, you can get that front row seat. You just got to get there hella early. That's yeah. insane. You got to just like stand there until they start letting people board. Yeah. And people, wow. you, you know, you could tell it's about to be pandemonium as soon as everybody, <laughs> and you, and you get on the airplane and it really is. It's like a Black Friday craziness. People are just like, I saw a guy pick one guy up and body slant. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bro. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. We flew American airlines to, oh, yeah. to London. Um, they just need to they just need to stop cramming extra rows in there. And and I'm on to you, American. I'm gonna say this for anyone that's flown American Airlines. If you notice a lot of the rows will line up with a window and towards the back, they s mysteriously stop lining up with a window. I'm not falling for that bullshit. They I know you guys are putting extra rows in there. In there yeah, you're putting you're more right. seats in there, okay? Um 
So yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it. So I, I, we need a comfortable option that isn't first class uh, when you're flying over two hours. It should just be comfortable for everyone. Yeah. You know, flights are expensive. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have to jam my knees into someone's back uh, while I'm trying to watch my iPad. <laughs> but anyway, I di- I digress. Um, so in this next clip, Lisa and Marge talk about mother daughter dynamics while Marge makes cookies and tries to get Lisa to do the same. Mm. Want to go to a concert tonight? Sixty eight percent of the original share is playing. Sure, I'd love to. Only not with you. And not that. Ugh. Sometimes I wish strangling your kid was still legal. Not since they passed Homer's Law. Oh, honey, why don't you just relax and bake something? Ugh. I am trying to deal with my disrespectful daughter, but you are too clueless to understand what that's like. Mm-hmm. So we have a uh, Simpsons did it here. Uh, recipes and film or in pill form, which is pretty great because it kind of subverts that expectation that she's going to hit the pill and it's going to turn into cookies. It turns into a <laughs> recipe for the cookies. I freeze-framed it, by the way, and it is an actual legitimate recipe for holiday cookies. Wow. Um, the other one is that they have laser cookie cutters in the future, and this one is already kind of <laughs> happening. Um, there's these things called a Glowforge, which is a laser cutter. And I've seen online that people are etching logos into cookies with the Glowforge. So they oh like put God. a bunch of cookies in there and then a laser cutter puts their little like macaroons and stuff like that. So Jesus. Yeah, that's a thing. Well, th- this is what I will say. The cookie jokes in the scene absolutely kill me because like you said, it subverts that expectation. You think she's going to drop some water on the pill. It's going to turn into cookies. No, it turns into a recipe, which is such a funny joke. And the thing about the cookie cutter that's ridiculous is it makes the shape that it already is. (laughs) So it doesn't actually do anything other than shoot the shape of it into the cookie dough. I just think that's so funny and so wasteful and so dumb. And this actually ties in in a way that I think is very funny too. So there was a Christmas Simpsons apron made in 1990. Um, I'm, I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, I've probably posted it. Maybe I'll post it right now as I'm, or when I'm done recording this. Um, but on this apron, they made several Christmas aprons. Uh, there's a lot of really good ones. There's like one of uh, Homer coming down the chimney. There's one that's like their reflection in an ornament, really thoughtful, clever designs. But there is one in particular that took me a while to get. And I actually didn't get it until this year. And it is literally a recipe as if Marge wrote it for you of how to make Christmas cookies. That's amazing. Um, so I doubt this had any influence on the joke, but I do think it's, it kind of ties into that early marketing of Marge. One of her main things when she had no real background was that she loved to make cookies. Like all the early toys came with cookies. Uh, this apron has a recipe for cookies. So, uh, you know, it's, it's in some bizarre, probably unintentional way, like a nod uh, to just classic Marge. So I really like this whole scene. I love this whole joke. It's great. It's so, so good. I also love the cookie cutter cutting out of her hair. It's just, <laughs> just good. It's just so good. So where do you stand on Christmas cookies, Brad? Are you, are you making a lot? Do you prefer normal everyday cookies or do you have a place in your heart for Christmas cookies? Uh, there's a place in my heart for Christmas cookies. One of the things that's great about the holidays kind of, it's also what's great about the way this episode is, is that it's like, you kind of push pause on normal life and you get to try, you know, the foods are different. The drinks are different. Also, everyone's kind of dressed in different people wearing their holiday sweaters. It's kind of, it's it's almost like a, you know, 
we'll step away from reality for a little bit before coming back to it in January and hating our lives. Yeah. Um, but Christmas <laughs> cookies, I love. I really, I love, well, some of them I love, some of them I really don't like. I'm not really big into extreme, like, almond extract or lemon okay. flavors. Yeah, it, it can be a little overwhelming. Yeah, but I do like like a uh, ginger snap. I love a ginger snap for sure. I just I love you know. I love a classic sugar cookie with some royal icing on. It. I mean, give me oh, I mean, give me that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my guilty pleasures. My wife and I watch this like every year. I don't know if any of you listening can relate to this, but there's a show called Christmas Cookie Challenge, really? uh, where <laughs> <I've never laughs> uh, they it. literally it is a competitive cooking show fully based around Christmas cookies. That's amazing. Um, and it is so bad in the best way. Um, I feel like every compliment or, uh, you know, insult to anyone's cookie is always the same. It's like, oh, this is like has a very nice crisp on the edge and I'm really getting that lemon. Or it's like, yeah, this cookie's a little too soft and I'm not really tasting the strawberry. It's like every episode is basically the same, yeah. uh, but it is so fantastic. It the The set design is fantastic. The cookies look so good. Some of them are terrible, and you're like, how did you get picked for this show? But I cannot recommend this awful show enough. It's a comfort show. I, yeah. I, we, uh, Lindsay and I, watch a lot of um, like cooking competition shows. Just put them on in the background. It's really soothing, especially if you've had a bad day. Just watch yeah. some good food be made. It's amazing. Nice, nice mindless holiday television. Also, yeah. Christmas light fight, or maybe it's the great <laughs> Christmas light fight. Maybe I'm getting that wrong, but they go to people's houses – uh, who do these wild displays and they, uh, they, they go, they, they go head to head. So they like judge these houses and then they pick a winner. Uh, so they go all over the country for this. Um, and it is the worst show that I love. <laughs> like everyone on there annoys me. Uh, I, I, I think I hate watch it more than anything. I'm just like, Oh yeah, you're the only person who's ever made a giant snowman. You asshole. Like I get, I like hate watch the show, but I also, but I also love it for that exact reason. I love the I so, hate watching. I love that concept. I literally we just watch it and I'll be like, oh yeah, this sucks. Like, oh, another pixel art tree. Congratulations. Like we just like love to like talk shit to this show. Uh, that one hasn't been done before. Yeah. It's like, you know, any oh, your house says happy birthday, Jesus. You're crazy. Um, so it's like one of those shows. Um, but it is fantastic at the same time. It's like so extra, so over the top. Uh, so I will also recommend that, especially if you want to talk shit to it. It's great. Yep. Uh, also, I, mean, I noted this and I completely skimmed over it, but I love the joke about 68% of share performing. <laughs> 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 oh, I would love to, except not with you and not that. Yes, absolutely. Zia, Zia is sassy, man. She's got some, she's got some bite to her. So not a lot of audio to clip in this next sequence, but Homer takes the boys around downtown Springfield in his invisibility cloak. Uh, was what you can't find since it's apparently dangerous now <laughs> to go to downtown Springfield. Uh, but we learned that Apu still runs the Quickie Mart with the octuplets. Snake is now a cyborg. Uh, Mr. Burns is still alive. Cars can fly, and they apparently have auto drive gloves. What did you get here, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> well, you named a few of them. There's a couple of Simpsons did it. We have the flying cars. We have cyborgs are a thing. Um, there's a there's a real quick one. That we're on our way to now is uh, Prince Bloody Harry brings back beheadings in a big way, apparently, at some point. We just recently got a step closer to that. Um, <laughs> invisibility, invisibility cloaks, and then um, cashless society. 
you know yeah. <laughs> we have snake holding up uh the quickie mart and he's just just pure chaos shooting everything and then who's like this is a, supposed to be a cashless society what are you even here for <laughs> yeah he's like what are you even here for like yeah. that that's a great joke it's like what, what are you looking to get um i would love an episode about how snake became a cyborg that would be a good one i'd watch that yeah there's also a fantastic burns joke uh, that I, that happens later and it's real quick that I, that I will note when we get there, but I want to put a, I want to say this now. So when I bring it up later, it makes sense. Cause it's kind of hard to work into the actual breakdown, but there's a, oh, yeah. there's one more great Burns joke, uh, later in the episode. Um, I love the computer hospital joke. I feel like this happens to me. I also noted that it's one of my, favorite. uh, 90% of the time that I ask Siri a question, <laughs> um, it's just like, no, damn it. You know, and I love the gloves joke. I love that. He's like, oh, we're just going to have to do this the old school way. Gloves take me to the, like, that's a great <laughs> sequence. Yeah. We we had a couple of great uh, freeze frames through the quickie Mart sequence too, just because there's all the products along the way. Um, there was Venus made raisins. There was Soylent. <laughs> there was one, one package on the shelf that said Soylent Brown. Just eat it. Don't ask. Oh my god! I never, I did not even notice that. That's a great one. There was a uh, infrared vines was one of the instead of red vines we have infrared vines, and then Homer is reading Planety Fair, not Planetary <laughs> Fair, but Planety Fair instead of Vanity Fair, which I thought was pretty funny. That's that is great. There's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff in that scene. So much, just not back. just not a lot that you can hear. So yeah. I didn't clip it. A lot of good visual jokes. So up next, we get one of my favorite scenes. And like I said, up top, like probably ever in the show, it just, it is so sincere where Bart and Lisa are there for each other and talk through their problems in the treehouse. Hey, Lise, want to come up? Eh, why not? Should I have married Nelson? Cause we still talk on the phone. Nelson calls you? Well, someone calls someone. The boys think I'm a lousy father. Oh, poor Bart. My daughter thinks I'm a lousy mother. <laughs> Sorry. Meh, it's okay. But you know who took her side? Marge Bouvier Simpson. <sighs> What'd she do? She told me to relax and bake cookies. Did you bake any? Yes, I did. And they were some of the best cookies ever made in this house. But that is not the point. Well, Mom kept her hands off you, and you turned out great. You think so? Maybe it's the court-mandated sincerity chip I got in my brain, but Lise, you're the person I always wanted to be. Aww. <laughs> 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 I gotta reconnect with those boys. Godspeed, Bart. I'm gonna go apologize to mom. And I think one of the reasons this scene is so above and beyond, in my opinion, is one, you see them like, you know, they're having a sincere connection. They're they're no longer these, you know, dueling siblings. They are like actually concerned with how each other is doing. You see that real growth and maturity. Um, and the tipsy acting on Yardley's part is just out of this world. It's so good. It's great. I love this scene. For me, this scene is almost the heart of the episode. Yeah. Um, cause it, it perfectly captures the holidays too. It, it's what really makes it a holiday episode. Cause I, I'm the youngest of seven. I have six siblings all older than me. 
And one how of the- did I not know that? Brandon? <laughs> I don't know. Brandon <laughs> co-hosts my podcast, <laughs> and he just tells me he has six. Siblings. siblings. We aren't Catholic. That's what people always ask. I'm just <laughs> I'm from Kentucky and there's not a lot to do there in the wintertime. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Six, Six siblings. siblings. So during oh the holidays, God. there's always this sort of um, you know, you you go home, you see your parents, and there is this dynamic that this episode brings up where like being around your parents, no matter what age you are, kind of causes you to revert a little bit. Yeah, And then there's also always this moment where me and one of my siblings kind of sneak away and, you know, have a chance to hang out and talk and catch up a little bit. And it's sort of a, it's almost like putting a little milepost in the year, being able to have that conversation, which is just, I mean, that's what the holidays are, those little moments and stuff like that, which is why I love this scene. And just, again, drunk, drunk Lisa, so good. I love her being like, I made cookies in this house and they were some of the best cookies ever made in this house. <laughs> I mean, the 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 tipsy acting on Nancy's part is also great, but there's just these little flourishes. Like when Bart asks her, like you say, you know, do did you actually make cookies? She's like, Yes, I did. And they were some of the best cookies <laughs> yeah, I've ever made. Yeah. Like it's just so, so it's good. so, so good. And I do want to note this before we get too far away from it. If you told me you have six siblings, Brandon, it completely left my brain. I cannot I cannot <laughs> I don't process think I that. have told you that. Yeah. Six, Maybe it came up on a future on a or on a past episode. If if that's true, somebody that listens, let me know. I just that completely left my brain. Yeah. So good. What a wild life. Yeah. It's growing up, it was absolute pandemonium. Sometimes. I hated having one sibling, so I can't imagine crazy. having six. I can smell um, stuff. <laughs> so we also see Homer shrink the boys uh, to fly in like a toy spaceship, which is an, another detail that I love. Um, and we find out that trees are alive. Yeah, yeah. That, so that's I, I guess they are alive, but we find out that they can talk. They're conscious. Yeah, that's some yeah. of my Simpsons did it predictions from this scene. The first one we have is Sky Advertisements, which when this was written had never happened. And yep. Simpsons did it. Um, this year was the Candy Crush drone thing over New York City. Anybody didn't know about that? I did not. Yeah, Candy Crush did a sky advertisement. They have these drones that are like controlled by a computer and can make 3D shapes. I love they, how they sad Brandon up. sounds as he explains I'm this. I'm so <laughs> upset about it. <laughs> like how somebody, somebody is like looking up at the sky and stars and the moon and they're like, you know what would really make this better? Some drones. <laughs> it's just, I hate it so much. Um, so we sky advertisements. There was a. Bart has a court-mandated sincerity chip put into his brain, which makes yep. him more sincere. Maybe that's part of the reason why he is um, kind of has had this kind of growth, you know? It's pretty good. Yeah, and I think they had to make that joke so that it didn't seem as out of character for him yeah. to care. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, a nice little, it's a nice little joke to throw in to make it make a little more sense. And they also mentioned earlier, uh, Kearney, who was the cab driver, um, mentions that Oh, I went to jail with your brother once to Lisa. So maybe, or to Maggie, I'm sorry. So maybe there's a whole story here where Bart spent some time in jail, had to get a sincerity chip installed, and now he's reforming. Um, we also have Trees Are Conscious and Capable of Talk. Simpsons did it. And then Clapper <laughs> Televisions, which I guess maybe. And then The Shrink. I'm sure, I'm sure that could easily exist. Yeah, I mean, The Clapper's been around since the early 90s so (laughs) it's it's a fantastic scene um again for like the fourth time it's one of it's my favorite scene in the episode um and it's one of my favorite scenes in modern simpsons because it really just does 
it shows you what, where these characters have come from as children and how their relationship has grown, their relationship to their parents has grown. It's just, it's just all around fantastic. Um, if you haven't seen this episode, I, I, you have my promise. I will make a Christmas guarantee on this podcast that you will like <laughs> it more than you think you will. It's great. I have one I more can't thing stand to up. I can't stand up for the whole season. There's some, some stinkers in season 23. I'll just be honest. But this one is perfect. I have uh, one more. that with It's a freeze frame. The Sky advertisement was for Cookie Quan Realty number one in Western Sky, She's which is still... a deep cut. That's such a good callback, Joe. Yeah. Didn't expect She's... it. Yeah, she's still doing it. Cookie Kwan's still in the game. You got to love that. So up next, Lisa makes up with Marge. Bart shows the boys the current very boring Krusty, which is a joke I really like. Uh, I'm talking about a deli menu. Uh, we see that Maggie is going into labor, and then we find out that Patty and Selma have love bots. Merry Christmas Eve. Where are the kids? I know where mine is. And I'm going to take a page out of your playbook and let it slide. Where's Dad? He took the boys out. How can he be such a cool grandfather when he's such a lousy father? People learn from their mistakes, and your father made so many mistakes. And now Patty and Selma are here to help us decorate with their new love bots. <laughs> Make me a Bloody Mary, doll face. No, Selma. Even a robot built only to love you cannot love you. I am leaving with your sister's concudroid. So you can understand that Bart is frustrated with Homer for, you know, being so much of a, he, he for being such a better grandfather than, than he was a father, but also I love how much he loves the grandkids. I mean, I think you see this happen in real life where, you know, you've had a, you see people that have had a child, they, they raise them or whatever, and they have, you know, maybe a different relationship with the, the grandkids than they had with the actual child. It's like you get another shot. Um, or whatever, however you want to phrase it. So I don't think it's that it's it's not that unheard of that the relationship is a little bit different. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you you nailed it. It's you get another shot. It's also like you're off the hook in some ways for <laughs> raising the kid, so you get to just enjoy the kid in some ways. And also, time has softened you and made you. You know, Homer's a different person than he was when he was raising Bart and Lisa. So he, he doesn't drink anymore. Yeah, he doesn't drink anymore, so maybe he's a little more aware and a little more enjoying of 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 the children. It's it's great. I love the pair up of Homer and the kids is so so good. So good. Also, once again, you know, just classic. This this is very reminiscent of a, of a previous like Treehouse episode. But even AI cannot handle Patty and Selma. Like even <laughs> things design. You know, the robot says it. You know, even something designed to love her cannot love her. Yeah, that's uh, great. Pretty sad. It is. It is. There's also, uh, I mean, that's that's the Simpsons did a prediction from this scene is the love bot, which um, was totally Jude Law from AI. If you've seen the movie AI, mm -hmm. yeah. um, that's exactly what the love bot was. And then um, we had a freeze frame at the hospital. One of the wings is called the Montgomery Burns Institute for Soul Extraction. <laughs> <laughs> well, makes sense. Yeah. Very, very on brand for him. Totally. Um, so a little time passes and Lisa finally decides to literally go online, quote unquote, uh, probably a future that could also actually happen or is happening, I guess. Uh, and we see her cross a bit of a boundary. Now, what stood out to you here? Because there's so much that happens once she goes online. 
Oh man, it's so good. There's so much good on like so many good jokes. Um the prediction that we can go into the internet also um Google has enslaved half of humanity, but it's <laughs> it's still the best search engine. So that's why we use it. <laughs> Without question. Without question. Use it every day. Yeah. There's a couple of freeze frames. I'm a DuckDuckGo guy, by the way. Um, sometimes I have to go to Google, but I'm usually a DuckDuckGo guy. Brandon, what in the hell is DuckDuckGo? It's an alternative search engine for those that don't want to be enslaved by Google. <laughs> wow. And this, and, this, and this is a thing people use. I've literally never heard of this. <laughs> yeah. If you go on your phone settings, on your iPhone settings, you can change your default search engine. And the options are uh, DuckDuckGo, Google, and I think maybe, yeah, I don't remember the third one. It's probably Yahoo or something like wow. that. Wow. You know? Ask Jeeves. Yeah, ask um, Jeeves. <laughs> see, see, I'm always learning from Brandon. Brandon's just yeah. teaching me every time. Yeah. Every time we talk. Um, I also liked the... Um, so a couple of freeze frames. There was new tube, which is I guess YouTube, new tube. And then the <laughs> okay. other the other big thing was offshore gambling. And everyone was just going <laughs> to the offshore gambling, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I love that we see Nelson. Uh, this is my favorite part of the scene is Nelson. Yeah, he, he looks like shit. He looks like he's like a mechanic or something. He has like oil on his shirt or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, I love the Google joke. It, it is you know, even just the like, oh, I can't find Google. Oh, it's Dr. Seuss's birthday. Like that's, you know, pretty <laughs> They're well still doing observed. their little thing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, lo- I love the Nelson thing. There's a lot to unpack there. You know, you were saying earlier you didn't like that uh, Lisa ends up with Millhouse. But I kind of like that she's still, in a weird way, Nelson's the one that got away. You know, because yeah. there's a lot that makes sense. You know, I mean, everyone kind of goes through their phase where they date the bad boy or bad girl or something like that. But, you know, she still maybe thinks that she can change him. And I love that they're still like talking (laughs) outside. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Lisa, she's kind of bad in this episode. I mean, she's literally married to Milhouse. She still, she still calls Nelson. She got a little bit of a, she got some skeletons in her closet. She calls him. Somebody calls somebody. Yeah. She tells somebody. (laughs) So what I will say about it is I think Lisa deserves better than Milhouse and Nelson. And that's not just the like, that's not just the Lisa fan in me saying that, but also I do, I I would much prefer, it seems like she would have a much more fulfilling relationship with Nelson (laughs) because at least there'd be some passion. There's like more history. Uh, She sought him originally, whereas Milhouse just chased. The implication is that Milhouse chased her long enough that she gave up. Just wore down. which, Which is something I do not endorse. Um, if someone is not interested in you, leave them alone. Lisa's not the type <laughs> that would be worn down, you know? No, no. So it just feels, you know, it's it's like an excuse for more jokes. And so I don't, I don't really love that. So then we see Bart go on a search for Homer and the boys, but he gets pulled over by Ralph, who has apparently been cloned a ton. Uh, I love seeing adult Ralph with the blue hair. Uh, we also see him die like 10 times. The, uh, the, the mass, mass cloning is a prediction Simpsons did it mass cloning and then in a few moments uh brain swapping is also a thing that people can do so mm-hmm. got to love it i mean it you know when i say i love ralph with the blue hair it's because i love that you know you see these jokes online about how he's actually like eddie's son and those yeah, are all really yeah. funny and i love that they nod to that in a recent episode lisa the boy scout um but i love seeing him grow up into his blue chief wiggum hair also we don't know where chief wiggum is we don't see him in this whole episode we don't i think that is he is he 
Maybe he's either retired or dead, I think, is the implication. I think he's got to be dead. I mean, uh, we're talking about a guy that shot peanuts to... Maybe cyborg snake plus or <laughs> cyborg snake finally I said snake Ooh, plus maybe that's snake. the maybe okay we just got the snake origin story he killed snake or attempted to kill snake snake mm. was brought back as a cyborg sought revenge killed Chief Wiggum boom there you go Simpsons free episode and they they had to uh, clone Ralph because Snake was going to shoot him so many times they just had yeah. to have an endless supply of. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they have an endless supply of Ralph just because he was going to (laughs) die. I will say I would have liked it if, and again, I don't need Simpsons episodes to tie together perfectly. Clearly, anyone that listens to this podcast knows that. It would have been funny if Ralph would have had a vague familiarity with with Bart as someone who apparently lived with him. Like, I wish they had had more of a, like a little bit more of of a thing. Like, oh, you're a, you know. Oh, remember when we used to have this apartment? There was room for a good joke there that I think could have happened, but whatever. That's fine. Maybe cloning has erased his brain a little bit. That's probably true. Yeah, he's he's just a shell of a person. He yeah. couldn't possibly remember. <laughs> That's yeah, that makes that makes sense. I like it. So so much happens in these last few scenes. So we're we're getting through the episode. We're 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 finally getting through all these emotional journeys. And so it's hard to know what to clip, but I had to clip. This scene from Moe's, I just think this thing is so good. Wow, this place hasn't changed a bit. Yeah, I keep meaning to switch things around, but this place is always a crime scene. Was my dad here? Uh, yeah, since he don't drink, he just comes here to see Lenny and Carl. Hey, Lenny. I'm Carl. Don't you remember? You came to the brain switching ceremony. Right. What was the point again? Because I wanted to get back together with my wife, who was sleeping with Carl at the time. Turns out she had switched brains with a monkey on a Japanese game show. And it just got weirder from there. Uh, I found it quite normal. Anyway, if you're looking for your dad, he took the kids to see his dad. Thanks. Hey, Mo, get me another beer. Quit making me fat. This scene's great. There's a couple of really quick out of it. There's a couple of freeze frames. There's all of the chalk outlines on the ground um, because of so many (laughs) crimes that have happened at Moe's. And uh, I paused it and looked at them, and some of them are pretty good. There's obviously Sideshow Bob hits your eyes first because that's such a distinct outline. And he's he's uh, outlined next to him is a rake, which is a callback to Cape Fear, which is Super really, really wonderful. So um, there's also the nuclear power plant mascot. I forget what the mascot's name is, but it is one of the chalk outlines. And next to him is the outline of Mr. Burns. Doesn't make a lot of sense that you see a Mr. Burns outline, but I still love it. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the <laughs> idea that maybe him and the, the power plant mascot like got into a, a fight at the bar and shot each other or something. Yeah, this is this is one of those things where I think it's just absurd enough that it's beyond funny. Yeah. Uh, seeing their voices come out of each other is great. The explanation as to why they did it is great. Um, Mo looking even worse than usual is great. All of honestly, all of them look terrible, which I think is just fantastic. It's exactly what would happen to guys that spent way too much time in a bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's like very, it, it's just an awesome scene that doesn't have a ton of relevance um, outside of the fact that, you know, he's looking for Homer, but it's a nice little way to have those characters in the episode, even for just a moment. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. So good. All right, so we have one final clip, and I I couldn't really clip much of the Lisa and Zia stuff because it's just it doesn't play that well in audio. But we see Lisa find Zia 
She sort of realizes that she looks up to her. She's like, you know, a role model for her regardless. She also looks up to Millhouse, apparently. Not sure for what. Um, <laughs> and Lisa apologizes for spying on her. They make up. They have this moment. We see that Zia also might have been partying a little bit. She shuts the door. Um, but after that, we see Homer and the boys visiting Grandpa in a cryogenic facility where Bart finds them. This is where my father is. He froze himself because he was sick and there was no cure. Are they working on one? Oh, they found it, but don't tell him. This is way cheaper than a nursing home. Huh, what the heck you boop boop? Dad, these are your great-grandsons. Eh, I don't see what's great about them. And Homer, you're still a big disappointment because... See you next Christmas. Why did you bring us here, Homer? To prove a point. Everyone thinks their dad's a jerk. And everyone's right. But when you get older, you realize how much you love him. Your dad may be a little immature, but I know he loves you. So you ought to give him a chance. Uh, boys, I've acted like a 10-year-old for the last 30 years. And I swear to you, I will grow up and act like a 20-year-old. The way a divorced 40-year-old should. You're going to have to do better than that. Boys, I'm a deadbeat dad. I live in a school. It's Christmas. The only thing worth anything in my life is you. <laughs> oh, Dad! You've taught us the meaning of Christmas, which schools are forbidden to tell us anymore. Is it snowing down here? No, one of the freezers is busted. Those kids can forgive that train wreck of a father, and maybe I can forgive. You quit drinking like a coward. The one thing you were good at. And... Mm. Uh, yeah. Lawn chair breaking. <laughs> Hair losing. What? <laughs> Marge loving. <laughs> Barometer dropping. <laughs> father freezing. <laughs> but you'd always come and get me when I wandered out on the freeway. Because <laughs> deep down... You couldn't bear to see me smushed. Oh, I love you, Dad. Everyone, it's a girl. We have a Simpsons did it prediction here, which is cryogenic facility that people are frozen. And this is one that's actually already a thing. Um, I was going to say. There's, there's services that you can pay. The, the regular person can pay, not just Walt Disney, to freeze <laughs> your... They're only freezing brains right now, which the idea Whoa. is that by the time technology exists to, I guess, reincarnate somebody, we won't need a body. We'll just need the brain. It's the only... Because it's like storing the hard drive from the computer. Wow. There's a, actually a really great article about it um, from... I want to shout out to one of my favorite blogs, which is Wait But Why. If you've never wow. read Wait But Why, it's an incredible, incredible blog by this guy named Tim Urban. He's also an illustrator. So he does these really deep dives into, basically, he picks a topic and he does a super deep dive into it with some really great, he, he has a knack for explaining really complicated things in a really digestible way. And he does one on cryonics, which is really interesting. And every time you read one of his articles, these are, these are long articles. It's like, I want to sit down for 20 minutes and read this thing. And you're always left afterwards just being like, what is existence? What, what, what is happening? You know, um, <laughs> it's really great. It's really, really good. Uh, so check it out, anybody. Yeah, I'm sort of, I'm sort of on the, I'm sort of on the Black Mirror train 
where I hope that eventually they don't even have to do that. They're just able to upload my consciousness to like a, a hard drive. <laughs> yeah. Because as long as I as long as I think I'm alive, who cares? Yeah, that's right. Who cares? Just be a little chatbot. Like, why do I need a physical body? Like, I I will gladly exist only in a computer as long as I feel alive. <laughs> like, I'll take I I will seriously take that. I will say though, a computer can't drink coffee, but I can drink coffee inside my false reality. <laughs> as long as that's, I that's think a requisite. I'm, as long as I think I'm drinking coffee and think I'm eating food inside the computer, I'm good. There's going to be a little note on your brain that says only revive once we can simulate coffee drinking. <laughs> but no, if you so if we think about Black Mirror in that episode, they thought they were alive. They felt real things yeah, inside yeah. the computer. So if I can just think that I'm alive, even if I'm not, that doesn't give me an existential crisis. I'll be fine with that. It's all you need. You know? <laughs> It reminds me of this funny story. When I lived in San Francisco one day, I was coming home with one of my really good friends. Um, and he was coming over. We were going to watch something or something. We got to my front door and there was all of these flyers for Scientology on my door. And we like picked up and it was like, it was inviting people to this like free session, you know? And I was like, oh, this is weird. And my friend was like, we should go. I was like, why would we go? They might brainwash us. And he's like, absolutely not. He was like, that's the best. If we're brainwashed, then we don't know. (laughs) The rest of our lives would just be happy because we would be brainwashed thinking that everything was going the way it should be. And I was like, that's hard to argue with, but I'm still not going to go. I'll take misery. I'll take misery. That logic is pretty (laughs) rock solid. Shout out to him. I, I I like the way his brain works. It reminds me of myself. True story, uh, when we were in London, we walked by like a Scientology office. And as I was saying out loud to Emily as a joke, make sure you don't look in there and make eye contact. Who knows what could happen? Emily, in slow motion, said she like looked inside and the lady locked eyes with her directly. And I was like, we got to go. We got to go. So we have one here and there you can see the like library as you walk by and every book it's, it's really eerie because every book is the same book. It's like shelves and shelves of books, but they're all the same book. And there's something about that uniformity that really like, yeah, gives me chills, man. Yeah. I'm good on that. I'm good on that. Just so everybody knows. I'll take misery. I'm I'm good on that. Uh, were there any more predictions here, Brandon? Uh, no, that was the big one. Yeah. That's the big one. Okay. So I said that there was a burns clip. I wanted to sort of bring up, I, I, there's no audio to play. But if you watch this episode, before the scene with Lisa and Zia, we get a quick clip of Marge and Maggie at the hospital. None of those scenes play well because, again, there's no... Maggie doesn't talk. Um, But right before we see Marge and Maggie, we see Satan and Burns walking into the hospital holding hands. (laughs) Now, this joke could mean a lot of things. Maybe Satan's walking him there to die. Mm. maybe like, you know, it's just, you, you could think a lot of things from the scene, but the fact that they were like, Hey, here's a shot of the hospital. What if we show Satan and Burns holding hands and walking into the hospital? So that's a little detail. I just have to mention because it is so funny. It's hilarious. And it also like ties into the fact that one of the wings was called the Mr. Burns wing for a soul, soul extraction. So maybe, maybe Burns and Satan. I mean, they've always had a deal obviously, but Maybe they've expanded their enterprises beyond just power production. Maybe, into, maybe they're just uh, business partners. Yeah. He just helps yeah. them get the souls, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're just... Maybe, is Mr. Burns' death? I, I guess so. Or at least <laughs> makes him tied. Maybe he's in that circle. That's yeah. his people, you know? Um, so I love 
this cryogenic scene. I want to go back to this for a minute. I love it because sort of throughout the episode, we've talked about how there's all these scenes that give all this depth that we don't normally get from the characters. This scene really puts the finishing touches on this like evolution of Homer and really the family in general. This is like such a sweet scene because we do see some classic Homer, you know, he's, he's like, ah, well, you know, I, I could go without spending time with my dad still. But we we see this whole thing come full circle. We see everyone sort of realize why things worked out the way that they did. There's like some, there's just, they sort of understand each other in this moment in a way that I feel like you don't normally get to see, or you only see like, you know, in certain sweeter episodes. But this feels, this feels a little more serious because it is, you know, set in the future. This, if you think about it in terms of what if this was that finale that Al talked about, like it would feel really tied up nicely, I think. Yeah, I think so too. You know, there's, it could be argued that this episode offers in its, in, from, in its 22 minutes, the most complete view of the entirety of the Simpsons family. I mean, you have all of the major dynamics are there that we've gotten over the years in little episodes here and there. You have four generations of Simpsons in here, you know, grandpa, Homer and Marge, then the kids, and then the grandkids. And the way that they've used these new grandkid characters to almost loop back onto the parents and the, you know, grandpa is just so great because you see all of these, you know, generational characteristics that have been kind of mingled and intermingled in the way that they change. It's so, it's great. It's the most complete picture of The Simpsons. It makes sense that it would be a finale. Yeah, I, you know, again, I know, as is the theme of this show, there's modern Simpsons are not for everybody. There's modern episodes that are not for everybody. Some people hate them. Some people love them. Uh, this is one you will love, or at the very classic. least, at the very least, you will enjoy it. You may not be as into it as me or Brandon, but I guarantee if you haven't seen this one, especially around the holidays, how could you not be in the right mood? You will enjoy this episode. And the reason I bring up this, like sort of full circle nature of the family dynamic that we that that we see here is because I think we can all take something away from that. I think we've all seen our relationships within our families like shift and grow. Uh some some go, you know, in a not so great direction. Some go in a better direction. Some connections change. And as we see in the show a lot, The Simpsons is its best when we can sort of see ourselves in it. And I think this episode also does a great uh, job of that. I think, you know, family kind of is what you make it and it, it does grow and shift. And I love seeing that connection there. Oh, I mean, I have six siblings to talk about. Let's start at the top. You have six <laughs> siblings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Haven't what? I ever told you I have six siblings? No, certainly not earlier in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six I mean, siblings. It, no. It's wild. Um, it's, it's really great. You know, I c- kind of talked about it earlier, but like there is a way that age, I, you know, you want to say softens you, but it also like makes you more yourself in some ways. Cause I think that, you know, the, the episode at the very top is showing this little photo montage and you see all of these, I think for a lot, a long part of your life, you're kind of trying on identities, right? As opposed well to being yourself. And we see like Bart is trying on, you know, he's a greaser, he's a prep. We have Lisa being a goth and then she has a girlfriend. Now she has two girlfriends. Like you see, them trying all of these different identities on and then it cuts through all that and then plops you into a story that's right where they are who they actually are 
And it's um, it's really and even Homer is who he actually is, which is really, really great because it's, you know, it's a cartoon and these especially with a long running cartoon or any long running show. I mentioned when we were talking to Matt Selman, like these characters can become caricatures of themselves. Um, right. My, my wife's rewatching Friends right now, and it's funny how by the end of Friends, I don't want to make any enemies here because I know people are really passionate about Friends. <laughs> but by the end of Friends, like the last couple of seasons, they like Ross isn't Ross. Ross is a caricature of Ross, you know, and Joey is just like full on idiot. And it's yeah. not who Joey was at the beginning. And it's really great that this show, especially this episode, didn't make them caricatures. It actually like boiled them down to their essence, which is what time does to all of us. Um, and it's really cool about the holiday seasons is seeing your family and seeing the ways that they are like working through their own stuff, becoming more themselves, you know. I'm the youngest, yeah. so they actually probably all see that with me more than I see that with them. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 great. It's um it's it really is a, a special time of year, not just because of all of the Christmas magic or whatever, but because it's a time to really take stock of your family and your life. It's great. Yeah. And, and again, you know, not even just your family, but your friends as well. I mean, Absolutely. you know, the, so you might grow apart from members of your family or you might, you know, have distance that's hard to overcome. And those things are okay too. I think Christmas is a time to evaluate what you have, um, what you want out of your relationships with your friends, your family, whatever. And as those things evolve, whether they are exactly what they were when you were a kid or vice versa, that's okay too. Um, I think we see that the Simpsons still have dysfunctional elements as we all do, but they also, you know, they, they figure it out as usual in a new way. So I think, you know, I talk about seeing ourselves in it, like whatever that means to you, I think it's a, a nice reminder that that's what this time of year is about. Yeah, absolutely. It, I really feel like, I mean, the classic Simpsons tagline in the early like commercials, you know, like 1993 era was it's the family that puts the fun in dysfunctional. Yeah. And this episode's got that in spades. It's a modern yeah. classic. Go watch it totally. right now. Absolutely. So at the end, we see the family all together for Christmas. Maggie comes home with a baby and we get one final Christmas card photo um, and I know you got to have some stuff here, Brandon, because the end of this is very weird. We still get nothing out of Maggie, but she does have a baby now. Yep. So there's another Simpson at the end of this episode. Yep. It's great. Uh, the, the final Simpsons did it prediction. Pets evolved to be super intelligent beings. <laughs> Part of me believes this has already happened. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's definitely happening. I feel yeah. like. I feel like my cats understand me now in a way that mine say, did not when I was a kid. Anybody that has ever had a cat has had that moment where they've been like feeding the cat and they look at the cat and they think, are you smarter than me? And you've just yeah. somehow trained me to feed you and take care of you so you can just lounge around in the sun all day. 1, and if that's true, I'm cool with it. Like I'm cool being a slave to this animal. That's Egyptians totally worshipped them for a reason. They knew how smart they were. Everybody, we're talking like five thousand years ago. They revered these yep. animals, and I'll tell you right now, uh, I have a cat uh, who looks like a cow. Uh, you know, the classic <laughs> cow cat. I named him Moo because he was a foster. I had no intention of keeping him at the time. And I was like, well, he looks like a cow. Moo is a funny name. Uh, he is now like, you know, one of 
he holds a he holds a very high rank in my all-time cats. We have a very special relationship. And this cat wakes me up when he is out of water. Uh, <laughs> this cat will come to the bedroom, paw at my face. If that doesn't work, he will literally rattle the blinds. So smart. To wake me up to say, I need water. He will walk me to his water bowl. So if that's not evolution, I mean, this cat is very intelligent. Uh, he knows how to get me to understand him. So I don't think this is that far off. I don't think so either. I, I had a cat that um, learned how to open the cabinets in my kitchen. So I went to Target and I bought those child safety things to keep, you know, it's made for kids. And it says on it, like, kids up to the age of four shouldn't be able to open this thing. I thought, that's that's good. Put it on there. The cat figured out how to open the cabinets, which yeah. means he's smarter than a four-year-old. So Absolutely. Yeah, I think it goes a long way. I love, um, back to the episode, I love like the Maggie storyline because it's so it's so classic on a couple of levels for Maggie. She in in some ways has the most dramatic story of the episode. She like has a baby on Christmas. That's so yeah. dramatic. But like classic Maggie, that story is kind of swept under the rug and it's almost it's in the background of the background of the background that this is yeah. even happening, which is just I mean, you know, Maggie always gets the short end of the stick. Well, it's explained away in such a nice, uh, in a nice way for me because everyone else was able to just teleport. Like, hey, I'm yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, Maggie yeah. has to take this hellacious plane ride, then have a baby. She can't really call anybody. It's like very, it's like a hard thing. And I love that it's like this totally separate story, just sort of peppered throughout the episode that all comes together at the end. Just another so reason uh, that it's great. Um, we already talked about why it stands out. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you have any final thoughts that you haven't already said, but this one, um, perfect for the holidays, perfect in general, uh, a great example of what these, you know, later episodes can actually be if you give them a chance. Yeah. Uh, my only, it's a modern classic. That's all I have to say. Modern classic. That modern is the theme classic. of this episode. You've heard Brandon say it throughout. And as someone who had not seen it previously, you know, his opinion is, is, is valid. Some people accuse me. Uh, over the course of doing either this podcast or just my Instagram, whatever, that I've convinced myself that I like Modern mm. Simpsons because I like the show so much that I just want to like it. Um, having someone like Brandon here for that other perspective is so sanity cool. Check. Yeah, it's a sanity check because Brandon would tell me like, nah, this one didn't really do it for me. So when Brandon tells you he liked something a lot that he had not seen, you can trust Brandon. So I don't want That's any right. more hate mail. Yeah. <laughs> While me. we're on the topic, let's talk about these trolls. I have to say, Warren does not live in his parents' basement. <laughs> <laughs> I've met Warren. I've met his wife. Warren has an amazing life. Y'all be Thank jealous. Y'all should Thank be you, jealous. Brandon. Yeah, be, be jealous. Everyone be jealous. should have a life like Warren. If only. Uh, and I will say this. Uh, thank you for that, Brandon. I I find it very funny that, you know, it's it, it, this sort of thing comes to light when I let's say I have a reel that does particularly well, uh, like a video of the room or whatever. Uh, I would say ninety six percent of the time, uh, I I catch none of that from anyone. Like my followers are awesome. I feel like I've curated a really great group of people. I've made some really awesome friends through the Instagram. But when that post sort of makes the featured page, I get a lot of people accusing me of being a virgin and a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just the it's, trolls. It just it comes with the territory. There's a lot of unhappy people uh that are gonna say that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you if you ever find a reason 
to check out my podcast after saying something like that, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, I mean, off. if you want to. You don't have to, but just fuck off. Um, no, that's great. I mean, again, you know, these sort of episodes in this time of year, perfect time to think about what you're thankful for. I'm thankful for everyone that listens to this. I'm thankful for, Absolutely. you know, the fact that that anyone cares that I make this podcast. I'm thankful that I met Brandon. I'm thankful to have him on the podcast this, uh, you know, moving forward and, and all the things that we're hoping to do. Uh, but I do want to know, Brandon, before we get out of here, uh, you know, we just, just to put a bow, no pun intended or possibly intended on this Christmas episode, what did you ask Santa for this year? What are you trying to get? Just don't let Lindsay, uh, listen, if you haven't already. Yeah. Oh, she's, She's light years ahead of me on that. She's an incredible gift giver. That Lindsay. I believe that. Yeah, she she like thinks of the thing that you didn't know that you wanted, and then gives it to you, and you're like, oh my god, I just yeah. found out this existed, and I had like a half a second to want it before I already had it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I don't to, to tie back into the episode of like being, uh, you know, getting older and things kind of softening you. Honestly, I really love getting socks. I love Hell getting yeah. socks for Christmas. The the funner the the brighter and the fluffier, the better. Fluffy socks yeah. is where it's at. I love some socks, you know. Love some socks. Um, I, I feel like you learn how to appreciate socks the older you get, but you also learn how to accessorize socks yeah, better absolutely. the older you get. Totally. So anyone that wants to just surprise Brandon with a gift, get him some cool socks. Shoot uh, some socks my way. I'm really easy. Uh, I love hats. I love clothes. Oh, yeah. I love coffee. Um, I love The Simpsons. So I'm, I'm super easy. Uh, Emily is a fantastic, uh, Emily is my wife for those that don't know, um, is a fantastic gift giver. Uh, but also I would argue I'm like, I'm, I'm one of those people that's sort of easy to buy for because I, the things that I like are very, um, if you know me, you know what I like because I'm obnoxious and I talk about the things that I like a lot. <laughs> Which I would argue kind of makes it it's it's a it's a benefit to some people. It's got to be hard getting you uh, getting you Simpsons stuff though, because you I mean look at you literally have everything. I'd be afraid to buy you a Simpsons thing. Yeah, I mean understandable. At least in Emily's case, she can like walk around and see if I have it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyone this this goes back to the people that DM me and they say, "Hey, do you have this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do. I'm sorry, um, just part of it." But anyway, this was a blast as always. Uh, again, make sure you go tell us your favorite Christmas episode and why, as well as your most underrated and why over on the Bart of Darkness Instagram right now. Do it right now and make sure you join us this Saturday, December the 17th at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Bart of Darkness Instagram. We are recording a live episode of the podcast. If you, if you want to chime in in addition to your answers, that is very, very welcome. So please do that. Uh, Brandon, anything you want to add before we get out of here? Just happy holidays. That's it. Happy yeah. holidays. Everyone happy. go get yourself a nice warm drink. Look at some some blinking lights. Oh, yeah. And I hope everyone, uh, you know, gets their last, last few gifts together and has a good, easy holiday. I love that. I could not agree more with Brandon. As for all of you, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at simpsonsisgreat at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, consider leaving us a review on Apple or really anywhere that accepts reviews, Spotify, I don't care. You can follow the official Instagram account at Simpsons is greater than or on Twitter, but probably don't follow that because Twitter sucks as Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bard of Darkness and I am sure that you will find me and we'll see everybody on Saturday. <laughs>